Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. No days off. No days off. No. Hello world, welcome into Moneyline where we take no day off in studio with none other than the statistician, my partner in crime at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him, Josh Jordan! What's going on Jerry, what's up Cam, happy Easter, beautiful Sunday here in H-Town. I'm hyped. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I don't know if this is how I always come in. But if I'm not coming in loud and clear, now you're going to hear nothing but jams behind the glass from 10 to noon every single Sunday. Getting us going, keeping us in line at Clutch City Cam is where you can find them. Cam! What's up, players? What's going on, man? Happy Easter, dude. Yeah, you too. How was your uh, how was y'all's uh, nights go last night? Man, pretty good. It's uh, Rockets coming through with the big victory. Got to like that. Got a little close there, right? But but they pulled it off when it mattered. Up 3-0. Looking good. At Moneyline97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. 713-780-3776. If you want to hit us up, you can text us. You can tweet us at on Twitter, obviously. And now you can watch us live on Twitch. So you have all these options and all this money we're about to start throwing out. We're about to fill baskets up with cash. That's the plan today, and hopefully we can accomplish that. No doubt about it. I did want to ask you, Jerry, I saw that the Jazz, they were a small favorite for the game last night. Did you have any action on either side of that one? Yeah, I ended up coming up even because I, I had Rockets team total first half also over, which they didn't, but I also had the Rockets uh, with the points. If, if any game was going to be the one they dropped, I, I thought it would be this one, you know what I mean, me the swing too. game. But then I, uh, the reason that I that, that pushed me towards betting them and betting the to- point totals, because last year they were able to win there, and then I yeah. saw how they did it. They scored 70 in the first half one game, and it was like a 58 or 59 in the other one. It just, it, it, I, nothing on that team leads me to believe from what I've seen that they're going to be able to stop them. And I think last night was the the ultimate gut punch, being 3-0, a team that knows they're uh, down 3-0, a team that knows they're outmatched. Like, what's, what's the motivation coming into the, the fourth game? 
Ooh, man, that's going to be tough. That's a hard one to, to handicap, right? Because you do have to think about what's the emotion going to be or, you know, for both teams, right? Are the Rockets just going to kind of, you know, walk their way through that game? And at the same time, are the Jazz already kind of mentally beaten? I think that's a tough one to handicap. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. I, I, I thought that Utah, if they were going to win a game, it was going to be last night. And, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's over for them. I mean, they were able to pretty much control James until the fourth quarter, but they just couldn't get anything going. I mean, they really don't have any offensive firepower besides Mitchell, and he was kind of a no-show too. I mean, Gobert is obviously a great player, but he's known for his defense. So, I mean, we kind of saw last night, even with James being held under control, Rockets just have too many more weapons than than Utah does. So I think this might be the only series where there's actually a sweep in the first round. I think you're right, man. I think we're going to see it. I hope that's the case. Then the Rockets get a little extra rest before they take on the Warriors. And, boy, that's the one we've been waiting for ever since last year, right? We're going to... We're going to watch them do it again. I'm excited. I, I kind of like their chances this year. I think they're playing really well right now. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the Rockets. I am uh, optimistic as well. They're playing great at the perfect time. When that game started yesterday and you saw Utah come out blasting, you knew you had to take their first punch. That's yeah. what it, and if you can sustain that and you saw that they did, they 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 soaked it in. They they, they didn't were down with like 6 or 7 early, then they kept coming and then you knew at that point, I had a good feeling the whole time, like, hey, just keep it within striking distance, and at one point, you'll be able to take over. Just, It's just crazy, though. If you can win on a on one of the worst nights ever for James Harden, yeah. then, then you're never going to beat them, you know, or you're never going to be beat by that specific Jazz team. It's over, so that's got to be demoralizing. Yeah, I mean, James, his shot just wasn't really falling last night, but when it mattered at the end of the game— he got he hit a real big one there, and of the t- course, you know he gets to the line. That helps too. Yeah, the two free throws yeah. with forty two seconds left. It just in that three pointer down the end. It just that's that's what you expect them to do. And it's funny because they asked them these. The media always tries to push narratives, you know, and I love that as far as being a gambler myself because that's what pushes lines. And sure. I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit later on during the show. And it uh, just as far as the theory of gambling and how I get to using perception, but. They wanted to hear somebody say something bad about James yesterday, and they asked Chris Paul right away, and he and he said, "I don't care." Like at the end of the day, he can shoot bad. We won. It's a W. Yeah. He said it with an attitude. Then you see Austin Rivers in the in the post game, and he that. says, yeah. he's, "He's like, we ride and die with James Harden. If if he, if he's so special on certain nights, then you know what I mean. We yeah. know what he is, and it's just they're all in, they all are buying into Harden right now, and that's what you need. You need." Because sometimes you get superstars that people might not, the team might not believe in them. They just happen to be the superstar and he might not be liked. But in that specific locker room, that coaching staff, they believe in Harden. They do. And I think Austin said, like, he's the guy that got us here. So, if, you know, James doesn't have a great night. Oh, well, you know, he's the reason we're where we are. I'm sure he'll bounce back and have another big game. It's it's hard. We want to already look ahead, you know, but you still got to take care of the Jazz one more time. It's not quite over. But man, I'm looking forward to it. Rockets Warriors. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna definitely have some some plays on this one. I'm gonna get a little more into this because I feel like I have a better feel of Rockets Warriors because I've seen them play each other so many times. So I think as far as like handicapping that series, I'm gonna dip my toe in the water a little more. I'm gonna play some more bets because I just like I feel like I have a good feel for how these teams play each other and, and how the momentum changes with the series. So I'm looking forward to it. Something that I've noticed, uh all trends aren't created 
equally. Some people throw out trends sometimes, uh, 10, 10 years, five years, and coaching staffs have changed. And as far as over-under trends, the, even the rules have changed in the NBA, making those numbers tough. You yeah. know what I mean? And just little things like that that you have to watch out for. And a trend that I've been seeing in these playoffs, everyone knows that when teams are down 0-2 and then they come home, the trend since 2005, though, and that's kind of like a this one kind of makes sense for everything because they, it's a more of a motivation off of or a trend using motivation factor. And they say that a team that's down 0-2 is 68 percent against the spread that for, that following game, game three in the first half at home. And that it always hits. But then the books caught up to that. I saw in the Portland game, the or the Portland Thunder game the other night, the Thunder were seven and a half eight points for the whole game, minus six at half, though. Hmm. How does that equal out? Minus six, it should be 11 and a half, 12, 12 and a half point yeah. spread, depending on how they want to do it. But they made sure they put a strong premium on betting them on the first half because they knew that's where the money was coming. And still people went out there and pounded it and still they come. But at the end of the day, you got to watch out for these things. Look at that line and say, why is it six at half? But the whole game's only eight points. They're telling me that they know the same trend I got. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you're slick over here with these trends. Like uh, numbers come into play so often, but but they have the same numbers as well. Of course. <laughs> and they have more numbers and, and more experience. It's it's tough getting that, but you caught it. So congrats to you. You saw it before it happened, and you knew how to adjust. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, it's still hit, and you know I mean? The, them guys didn't learn their lesson, and you know that <laughs> yeah. guy that cashed that ticket still going to go up to the table, but... Just because you won doesn't mean you made the uh, you got value on your bet. You know yeah. what I mean? You went up there and picked the right thing, but you look for value in this game, and that's what at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. No doubt about it. And we talk about that all the time. Sometimes you know when you lose, the bet was right. You know, it's just it, it didn't go your way. That happens sometimes. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened in the NFL. Uh, some big news last week. We spoke about someone getting a contract. So let's jump into the NFL right now. Around the NFL. What's happening? The NFL we live in right now, quarterback is a strong, strong emphasis on your team being successful. When you have one, you must keep him. Last week, we knew there was a deadline set out, and we were wondering. There was rumblings of of people trading up in the draft for picks and, and whatnot, and we thought, was this the end of this franchise-type quarterback? And this is what the news we got this week. Hey, Seattle, we got a deal. <laughs> Go Hawks. Go Hawks. But I'm going to see y'all in the morning. Good night. Time for y'all to go to bed. Finally, we can go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the smile on their face. Wow. What? <laughs> Russell Wilson gets the contract that he put a put his foot down on and said, I'm getting my money and I'm getting it by this date. Well, he got the contract. Well-deserved, though. I, <laughs> no I do think it was deserved. But that presentation, what's going on here? He had his bedroom voice going on there. Uh, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> $30 million guaranteed per season. I'd be having my bedroom voice going on, too, with that kind of cash. How far has Russ come from someone that <laughs> that was considered such a goody-goody guy, and now he's dropping Luther Vandross <laughs> I know, from right? the bed? And you know what's going down after that, and it's just... It went around the NFL that his own teammates were making some videos. and his, Like, what was he thinking? Did he think that that was going to play over well? 
when you make that kind of money and you get that kind of contract, you don't care what anybody thinks, man. That's that is crazy money that he got, well deserved. And I love that he had the deadline. Apparently, you know, April fifteenth, he wanted to have everything in order for his tax preparations. So the Seahawks luckily helped him out there and and got it taken care of for him. And I mean, it just shows you, man. You, you get that great quarterback, you're going to have to pay him, and that's the bottom line. And I mean, that's it. That's all you can do. You got to pay that guy. We heard those rumblings of him being traded, maybe the Giants. You don't trade a franchise quarterback in their prime. That never happens. Mike Francesa thought it was going to happen. Yeah. He, he puts his foot down on everything. But like you said, they will be paying him, and they'll be paying him over five years. He was had one year left on his on his deal, seventeen million. So adding that seventeen to the one forty, he's going to get five years, one hundred and fifty seven. That's an average of thirty one point four. It's just getting old now, though. You hear every year, like, if someone else broke the record. Someone else is the highest-paid quarterback. Someone else is the highest-paid person in the league. But now you got to a point where he set the bar. He oh, set yeah. the bar, and whoever the next guy comes up is going to be 35. He's going to have to get about $35 million a year. The way it breaks down, though, $65 million signing bonus with a $5 million guaranteed in 2019. In 2020, he gets $18 million. In 2021, $19 million. And then in 2022, he, he it gets it in $5 million roster bonus, $19 million salary. 2023, $5 million, $21 million salary. So they, they structure these well to where it works in favor of the team. But, I mean, I was hearing rumblings of saying he wanted – part of the shares of like uh, tv shares he knows the where the future of the league goes as far as sponsorships and i think at the end of the day when you sign a guy like this and the way that the league and the salary caps keep going higher this is a steal later on during the the, later on in the the back end of this contract it might be considered a good deal kind of like what the astros did with bregman yeah it's just going to keep going up salary cap's going to keep going up might as well do it now that's why you hear people even saying, like, hey, should the Texans go ahead and, and sign Deshaun long term because it's just going to keep going up. But I don't think you do that. You enjoy that cheap rookie salary and, and you roll with it. Well, I hope you roll with us for the rest of this show. When we get back, we'll talk about a little bit of the schedule release and what it means to gambling and what it means for fantasy purposes. Cause that's what we're all here for. Right. Before we get out of there, let's, let's talk about something that's happening here in Houston. Yeah. I just want to tell everybody about this. Celebrate the 25 years of doggy style with Snoop Dogg Thursday, April 25th at the smart financial center, uncle Snoop's army and Bobby D present the Snoop Dogg and friends tour featuring Warren G G funk and the dog pound. Find out more and get your tickets at LiveNation.com. You're listening to Moneyline. We'll be right back. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. 
Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776 on a beautiful Easter Sunday morning where we try to fill your baskets with cash in studio with my man, none other than Josh Jordan. You can find him at JoshJordan975. You hear those jams. You hear those chili peppers getting it hype. My man Clutch City Cam's got everything taken care of behind the glass. Don't forget Hector out here showing up on a <laughs> yeah. showing up bright and early on a holiday weekend. We uh, we appreciate you and every single Sunday that you do. And I'm Jerry Bone Nose with a Z. No need for no reintroductions. I'm out of Twitter jail. Let's get it popping. <laughs> no doubt about it, man. This is an exciting week. We were just talking during the break. There's a lot to talk about. I, I'm glad we're doing the show today. Hashtag no days off. I mean, it's. It's a great time. We got the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. We just got the schedule release for the Texans. We've even got some way too early lines for week one we can look at for the NFL season, which is pretty awesome. And for fantasy football, you know what the draft means. You know when the playoffs are, and you know which players are going to have tougher playoff schedules. We can get into that a little bit too, but I think we got to get into the the Texans for sure at some point and kind of talk about their schedule. I don't know if you've taken a look at it, but it's pretty tough, man. Starting off the year, it's going to be tough for them, especially playing the Saints on Monday Night Football to start the season in New Orleans. That's going to be a tough one there. Seven and a half point spread is what I see right off the the top. Now, I wanted to make sense of uh, how does this line make sense? You know what I mean? And I wanted to see how it played out. And you say, okay, so on 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 a neutral field. Yeah. What are these teams? Let's say just on a, on a, say they was the Super Bowl. What would these teams be? It, yeah, I'd probably put the Saints like a four point favorite and, on a, on on a, a neutral, neutral field. field. Yeah. So then, imagine adding in the home field, yeah. and then that's where you get plus three, plus three and a half. That's how you get your seven, seven and yeah. a half. So makes anyone sense. that says it makes sense. If anyone that says, "Hey, I because I say I have it about three and a half. I don't know if I give them the full four, but it could be the full four. Like I said, it's it's a half point difference. It's a key number, but. Again, add in the home field, add it in, say it's uh, in the playoffs and late. It's even better. We know how that that stadium gets. Yeah. It makes sense. The line's right. Yeah. But that's, that game's going to be so hype, man. That game, it, 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 coming into the season, week one, primetime game. I just, when I saw that, yeah. man, it gave me the chills. I literally, I'm hyped for it now. I think it's going to be a great game. And, of course, we haven't had the draft yet, right? So their teams, both the teams are going to change a little bit. We'll see if the Texans get some help at corner because that's the first thing that occurred to me was Michael Thomas and Drew Brees are going to shred the secondary. Texans, they got to get an upgrade. You know, Jonathan Joseph, we'll see if he can get through one more year. But, you know, man, Michael Thomas is going to eat. And the Texans have always kind of struggled with bigger wide receivers. And Michael Thomas, he's, you know, 6'3", 6'4". He's a big dude. So we'll see. That that immediately concerns me. Is there anything that jumps out to you immediately about this matchup? With the thinking, kind of how I am with the Rockets and and the Warriors, like let's get this over and done with. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see the big hitters at first, and let's not say it's a no lose situation. But you're going in as a seven and a half point dog. What it would do to win that game for a locker room that early, as yeah. far as belief. Is what I like. And if you lose, you're expected to lose. Everyone saw you as a seven and a half point underdog, and hopefully you can make it respectable. Sure. And at least say, but but imagine the risk is worth the the risk is worth the reward to me. And I'm saying if they were to be able to come out there and stun in front of the everyone, national televised, then that sets the tone for the rest of the year. 
we are, it's time to quit being scared. It is. And kind of, Drew Brees is kind of like the Patriots. You'd probably rather try and sneak a win past them in September, right, than, than in December. It seems like they all kind of have everything rolling by the end of the year. But in the, you know, the beginning part of the year, I, I think what the, the, the Saints lost maybe to the Bucks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Fitzpatrick came yeah. out there and dogged them. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, early last year. So it can be done. So maybe maybe we kind of catch them early, and, and it's a good time for the Texans. See, I I agree with that point. You want to catch Drew Brees early. The problem is, is you're doing it with the Texans, who we've seen the last two or three yeah. years obviously start really slow. And I mean this this is a New Orleans offense that hasn't really changed much. I mean, yeah, they lost Mark Ingram, but you know, bringing up the Bucks game, they didn't have Mark Ingram, and they still put up over forty five points against a Bucks team. Like, yeah. this New Orleans team can still put up points, and I don't know if the Texans have the offense right now to compete with a team that can that can easily go out there and put up four touchdowns like it like it's nobody's business. So, man, yeah. the Texans, the early part of the season is a mug for those dudes. Like, it is, it's, it is. It's, it's tough. real trifling. It really is. And we did get some positive news. They looks like they expect Will Fuller to be back you know, kind of for the beginning of the season, it looks like. I hope that's the case because they need him. And, you know, Kiki QT couldn't stay healthy. So they're going to need Will Fuller. He's a big part of what Deshaun likes to do. I mean, like we talked about on the show before, instead of checking down to running backs, Deshaun likes to check down to the deep bomb down to Will Fuller you know, every now and then. Even on third down, when people think you're going to dump it off short, he'll take that shot for the end zone. So they need Will Fuller. That's almost like his check down. Yeah, exactly. He uses a yeah. check down. If he knows there's one-on-one coverage, he'll just launch it out there knowing uh, I can't overthrow this guy. Yeah. And hopefully he'll get there. And he usually does. And that's yeah. what makes it so fantastic whenever he is healthy and in there. But something that sticks out to me out of this schedule and – everyone knows it, is the Texans are traveling to London to play Jacksonville in week nine. But it's the first time the Texans are playing in the UK, and I've heard a lot of throughout the past couple of years that the front office didn't really want one of these games if it was going to count as a home game. Yeah. And in this specific instance, they got off real lucky. They got it falling their way because they play Oakland week eight, October 20, uh, 27th, then they go week nine, they travel as a home team, They'll, so it won't take up one of their, uh, I mean, as a weight team, so it won't take up their home team, yep. and then they get the bye week after. Yep. That's perfect. That's how you want it to play out after the travel. That's exact. It played out to their favor. I like that part of their schedule, oh, yeah. how it went out, because you don't always have it that way. I saw the uh, the Buccaneers, I believe they don't play a home game, like uh, it's from like September mid-September all the way to like the beginning of October. Yeah, I think they go like six straight games, but there's a bye week mixed in there. Yeah, but yeah and the Raiders have something similar to where they're they're having to deal with the same thing. Both of them, yeah. and it, that's terrible when you get it like that. It takes a big dent out of your season, and it and it's hard to bounce back, you know what I mean? Sure. And it just it, I, This is what stood out to me because I, I knew they were going to have one, and you said, well, how is this going to fit into the schedule? Hopefully they get off right, and I, I think it plays perfect. It, I love having a bye week in week 10. Like I kind of like my bye weeks towards the back of the season. Also, as a fantasy owner, I like that too. I like it later in the year. So your Texans, they're on a bye in week 10. Also that week, uh, the Patriots are going to be on a bye. So that'll be a week where you know, you'll probably have to find a different quarterback to start there if you're rolling with Brady or Deshaun Watson. Uh, from a fantasy angle, I did want to bring this up. Really liking the Falcons schedule. If you take a look at it, I believe they have 13 of their 16 games are, are indoors. So for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Ridley, 
like that's pretty nice if you know they're going to have controlled environment the whole time so i'm digging matty ice for fantasy this year for sure me as well i saw that and his splits as far as uh open stadiums and in domes yeah it's crazy and that's that's one of the first things i saw I forgot where i read it but i love that i love yeah. that as well and it just I'm excited. Isn't it crazy to finally see the schedule and you start putting things together? Like, okay, let's see the let's see where I started putting a fantasy because yeah. if you play if you play these dynasties, then you start seeing where it fits in to to make sense. And I already have a few kind of uh, pinning, let's say, trades that people are shooting at me, and now it kind of makes sense. No, no doubt about it. Um, I, I love playing that little game where you go through the schedule and you kind of decide is that a win or a loss. So. Y'all want to do that real quick? Have a little fun? All right. Hell yeah. All right, so Texan Saints, week one. What do we think? What do we truly think? <laughs> Saints. Jerry? <sighs> Saints. Yeah, so Saints. So I think they go 0-1. Next, they got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Texans are at home for that one. I think they probably win that one. What do you guys think? I like uh, Texans there. Yeah. Okay, so one and one. Then they go to L.A. <laughs> to play the Chargers in Big Philly style. We talked about it last year with, well, that's Cam's team right there, so we know how he's going to lean. But we know the Texans really struggled with good quarterbacks last year. I don't see that changing too much. I kind of think the Chargers are going to take that one. What do you think? It's tough for me, though, because I don't know what we get. Another year of him sure. aging, but that defense over there is stout. Yeah. It's going to be a hard – I got to take Texans here. Okay. So Jerry will have them at about 2-2 two and two right there. Then they come back home for the Panthers – I think they can win that game at home. So maybe that's three. a win. That's probably a, that's win. a win. So maybe they're three and two. Then they got the Falcons at home. A lot of people think the Texans will take this one because it's a home game for the Texans. I'm kind of worried about what we talked about with Matt Ryan and him throwing indoors against the Texans secondary. So I, I don't like their chances in this one as much, but they could easily win this game. Which way are you leaning? I'll take them to win here just because this is a – and not confidently, but this is just a tough a tough stretch for them as you announced Kansas City and Indianapolis next on the road. Yeah. So I think there will be a lot of focus in this specific game knowing that those two big games on the road is, are going to be extremely tough. So Carolina and Atlanta are going to be a big focus for them to come out with some wins there. That, that's I Carolina a starts a three games – or I think Atlanta starts a three-game slide for them. Yeah, see, I'm kind of leaning towards that too, Cam. I'm just – of course, here's the other thing, too. Tyreek Hill, he may not even be available. Like, we, we're not even talked about this. Did you see his kid was, like, removed T- from the away, home? Yeah. yeah, and that the, the NFL, it's reported, already put it, they already started an inv- investigation into what's going on here. So, for them to take the kid from the house because they're, they fear that the child is in a dangerous situation, that is... They don't just do that on a whim. You know, they, they have to have some good reasons to do that. So that means Tyree Kill may not be there. And if that's the case, I'm not nearly as afraid of the Chiefs. So something to keep in mind. Then, we, like we said, they uh, they play the Colts the next week. So let's get in. We're up against a break here. Let's, uh, let's get into the back half of the Texans schedule in the next segment. And we'll kind of give everybody the win total we think they'll come up with. So you're listening to uh, Moneyline. We'll be right back. The ear, whispering, I love you, and I'll always be here. Although I often reminisce, I can't believe that I found a desire for true Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Streets, you know what it is. Check it out. Street game major, a killer institution. Go get it if you want it. That's my gangster resolution. Say, I'm from Houston, got stars on my brim. In the Bentley with the same color rims on Slims. 
You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. Give us a call, shoot us a text, or you can hit us on Twitter at Moneyline975, at JoshJordan975, at Clutch City Cam. My man Hector out there making sure that we get all the calls directed correctly. In the next segment, we're going to tease it now so you can get ready. We're going to be giving away some tickets to the Sportify Expo. Yes, we are. Anyone interested in autographs Ooh, from... Wee. Yep. Ooh, autographs from the biggest top stars... You're going to have a lot of Astros guys there, some Texans guys, some UFC stars. I wouldn't want to miss it. It's going to be at the George R. Brown Convention. This next segment coming up, we'll be giving out tickets. So stay tuned for that, and uh, make sure you get ready to call in. Yeah. Do we have the date on that in front of us? If not, we can can pull it up, and we can tell it. I believe it's next Saturday and Sunday. Next Saturday and Sunday. So if if you're going to be able to go, you're a memorabilia collector, you know, baseball cards, football, basketball cards, they're kind of starting to come back. So I'm sure they'll have a lot of that stuff there, too. Yeah, and these things are a lot of fun even even if you don't you know get the autograph from the athlete that you want because obviously these lines are super long it is so fun to just talk to other people especially kind of the older people who have been collecting stuff for years and you know they come around with baseball cards from like the 50s and 60s and stuff like that like those shows are are a lot of fun they really are i've been to a bunch of them you know throughout the years and you could get autographs again like i said astros will be there texans ufc fighters Watson's on the top of the list. Drew Brees will be there. Ooh. We could talk. They could talk week one. Yeah. Altuve, Bregman, Springer, Correa, former Houston Oilers players, Jose Canseco, and many, many more. I'm excited about this. I'll be there myself. So I, I, if you want my uh, autograph that's worth negative two dollars, <laughs> then I'll be. Uh, I'll give it to you. That's great. Yeah. How funny would it have been if they got Jose Canseco? And Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, that would be fa- have them sitting next to each other doing autographs. Woo, it'd be a little cold in that building for sure. But yeah, we're going to give away. Uh, I believe we have two giveaways, and each giveaway comes with a pair of tickets. So if you're available next weekend and, and you can go, we're going to be giving these away next segment. So make sure you stick around. Let's get back into the strength of schedule. What else sticks out from this Texans back end? Yeah, let's get into this here. I think it's towards the end of the year where I get really concerned, right? And that's going to be – it's actually after the, they have to face the Chiefs and the Colts in October. What worries me is the, the kind of the backstretch there where they're going to have to – after the London game, they're going to have their bye, and then they're going to have to go play the Ravens, which, hey, we know at least that's a good defense, right? So that'll be, that'll be a challenge. And then they have the Colts, and at least that one's at home, but then they have to play the Patriots – that one's at home. Hey, we finally get a Patriots game in Houston. It seems like we have to go to Foxborough to say, every time. Lord, every year we're in New England for this game. That's true. So thank you, schedule makers. Finally get them at home. And during this three, it's a, after that week 11, you get three consecutive home games. Two of them are primetime. You'll get the Colts Thursday night football, and then you get New England play uh, New England on Sunday night week 13, and then they get Denver. Yeah. It, hey, and good thing too. Ten ten days off between the uh, the Thursday night game and the Monday night game, so a, a little more preparation to to face off against the Pats this time. Ooh, that's good. And they, hopefully they'll be a little healthier too. The the one positive I will say is I don't think the Titans are going to be that good this year, and the Bucks. Eh, you know, I don't I don't love them either. And that's that's what the Texans finish up with. I think the schedule makers helped them out a little bit there because they finished the season at the Titans, at the Bucks, and then at home for the Titans again. So, 
we could see very reasonably they could they could win their last three games. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, very easy. I think that sets up good there as far as the competition there. But nothing's a given. You know how that goes. So I want them to be set up and not chasing by that time of the year, for example. See, that's what worries me is it. I worry that that, that tough stretch kind of in the middle of the season and towards the beginning, they might they might be kind of behind the eight ball and, and you know, we can't count on them winning, you know, nine games in a row or whatever it was, you know, this year that can't count on that every year. So I, I think it's going to be really big. And there's some great AFC games here, though. I mean, Colts and the Patriots and the Ravens and the Chiefs, like those are going to be some some really exciting games to watch. So I'm excited about that. I think we're looking at the win total, right, Jerry? Around eight and a half is kind of one of the numbers we're seeing floating around. Do you like that number? Is that about right? That's about right. Yeah. We know that they're the, the nine and seven, <laughs> yeah. the nine and seven type of team. And they always said it there last year. We, they were able to surpass it, but I'm not sure because in a lot of places and straight to schedule, we have to be careful how we, we see this because a lot of people will say strength of schedule and they'll just resort to last year's numbers or sure. the, and, and a lot of these training staffs are gone. A, a lot of players are gone. So is yeah. it really that same team? No. So then you look at who you tend to trust as far as numbers and Vegas's numbers are usually SART. So yeah. if you, if you combine a mixture of strength of schedule with last year's team's performances to where, Win totals, as far as Vegas have them this year, you come up with a, a, a decent number. And according to that, the Texans have the hardest schedule in the yeah. league. The hardest schedule, literally the hardest, according to those, if you use that recipe. So, and if you use just the, as far as the wins, I believe they're top three. Um, uh, they're 5.24, I believe their uh, their opponents' wins were last year. And, and if you throw in where Vegas has their opponents scheduled or as far as win totals this year, it makes it even worse. Uh, yeah. They're in, they're in for it. And then you look at, well, according to that recipe, then who has the easiest? Patriots. Every year. But what do you expect when you play the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills twice a year? You're, you're going to have an easy schedule. Exactly. And at first, uh, when you first think of it, it's easy to say, man, every year, like, why is yeah. this? But once you really start thinking about it, you realize that it's because that division. Yeah, it's, the division's terrible. The, the, what concerns me is the Colts schedule. And I think they're going to get off maybe to a better start. They they start with the Chargers, which they could easily lose that game. It's in L.A. Then they have the Titans, the Falcons, the Raiders, which I don't know. I think they probably win two out of those three games. And then they have the Chiefs. That'll be tough. Then the, the Texans. Um, th- there's just a little stretch here where the Colts, they get the Dolphins and the Jags and the Titans and the Bucks, and I think they're going to make some hay in that area. So I, I just feel like the schedule sets up a little better for the Colts. Obviously, I hope the Texans do really well. I just feel like they kind of—it's tough for them. They got a tougher schedule. They really did. So we'll see how they do. And just when these games are and where they're played is kind of tough. I, I just worry they're going to start off zero and one. And but at the same time, if they win that game, like you said, that's free money. If you open up and you beat the Saints week one, then you have the Jags the next week. You know, you're not too worried about that. You know, and. And then, you know, the Panthers and the Falcons coming up in week four and five, that's that's not terrifying. So, you know, maybe we're looking at this wrong, that maybe they do get off to a nice start. They can win a lot of those games. One one total that sticks out to me, the Titans over under eight and a half. I don't see how they're getting to eight and a half. 
Oh, they got Ryan Tannehill now. I mean, they're good. They're going to win Four all and games. a half. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half. Uh, you want me to keep going? Keep going. Give me another. I'll keep going. No, but honestly, I just, for a team that was 27th in scoring 19.4 points per game, um, uh, Marcus Mariota that, I don't think he's ever played a full 16-game schedule. No, that's that's the knock on him, right? And if he doesn't get through this year, kind of like Carson Wentz, right? If he doesn't get through this year healthy, those franchises are going to be thinking, we got to find another dude. No, they did. Tannehill, 32, <laughs> 32nd out of 33 passers with a total QBR of 35.4 is what they got on that is bench that last season. Is that good? <laughs> Man, I just don't know what – another one, though – Okay, so public perception is something we spoke about, and we'll get into it a little bit now. I was on a, I was on twelve ten, the man in Miami on Friday, and and they asked me. That's why I kind of it's it's stuck in my head. They asked me, so what what drives the line? Like, what's the first thing you look at? When is one of the first things that 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 factors into you? Motivation's big, yeah. But when you get to the playoffs, like for example, playoff basketball, who's more motivated? Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Nobody wants to lose a game. Yeah. So when that goes out the window, you start looking at perception and what is the narrative? And is the narrative fit the line? When these lines open, yeah, Vegas gets lines right, uh, wrong sometimes. They'll open up a, a number that's wrong and it'll get hit right away by by professional gamblers. But a lot of the time, a number will open up and it's, it's, it's probably right, but the perception of things moves it to where now it's wrong. And now it's guided off in basketball, two points, three points, a whole possession almost. And it's the, the, the Warriors the other night blowing that 31 po- uh, th- plus 30 point lead. What was more lucky there? Them get, being able to get a 30 point lead or them blowing it. The Clippers being able to come back. I think it was more lucky. The Clippers being able to do that because sure. you saw them do, get another 30 point lead the very next game, the, the, the Warriors. So, too much public perception, then all of a sudden, what are you seeing on TV? Nothing but Pat Beverly talk on, on Durant. And then now what are you seeing? They're, they're driving you to Durant's uh, uh, three-minute videos on him saying, I'm Kevin Durant. You're watching me. So the narrative started telling you, this is a scrappy team. Yeah. This team could – this team nine – and then you go look and you're like, nine and a half points at home? You're giving me double digits almost? I have to lose my double digits? And they matched them. Yes. It was a wire-to-wire winner. I had a feeling that was going to happen. Because you know sports. You've been there. Public perception. For whatever reason, though, people think, I I saw that and it it was perceived that. Then you turned it on ESPN or whatever your outlet is, and and all of a sudden they're driving that into the ground, hammering it, (laughs) hammering it. And all of a sudden you have that novice better that usually doesn't bet. Now he goes up there and places a bet, and it moves that line more than it should. That's a good point. Should have seen that one come. I wish I would have gotten some money on that because I kind of did see that coming. I just didn't get the bet in time. But should have, could have, would have, right, with with gambling. It's always in the back of your head when you don't place that bet. You're like, oh, I should have gotten that one. I would have won. You usually remember the ones you think you would have won more than the ones you would have lost if you would have placed the bet. Perception on the Rams last year. They left the guy that wants great offense. They left that good taste in your mouth, right? You yep. you, you saw them high flying, and and that's what people are going to perceive this year that, that that they could come back and do the same. I know Gurley's knees is somewhat of a question. Sure, the total set at ten and a half. That's really high. Yeah, it is. It really is. But I mean, they were they were really good last year, but they're not exactly the same team. 
Since 2003, 37 teams have won 13 or more games. None of them improved their record the following season. In fact, an average of 13, those 13 win teams, they won 8.7 games the following year. It was a big drop yeah, off. Yeah, some regression there for sure. Don't regress on us. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. And I would never, I would never, I would never fall. I'm being hated by the season. So f y'all hating for no reason. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Think you're tripping with, yes, I'm the boss. 745, white on white, that's Rick Ross. I cut them wide, I cut them long, I cut them fat. I keep them coming back. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776, where every single Sunday we are hustling, trying to get winners and trying to put cash in your pocket at Josh Jordan 97.5, at Clutch City Cam, at Jerry Bow Knows. This week, I got one of these Yahoo uh, things across these, uh, but it was news. It wasn't like a sports one. So first thing I saw said, the Super Bowl trophy, the Lombardi trophy, has been dented or has been damaged. That's all I saw. It was damaged. And I'm thinking, wow, some what happened here? I click it, and the first thing I see is a picture of Gronkowski holding it. And, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, how'd this happen? Well, apparently Gronkowski was using it as a bat and, and, and acted like he was bunting whenever they went out for an event with the Boston Red Sox. And in the process, they threw, uh, they pitched the ball, and he was trying to be funny, and he laid laid it out for a for a bunt for whatever reason with the Lombardi trophy. I mean, what kind of disrespect? <laughs> Only Gronk could get away with something like yeah, that. Yeah, nobody's even said anything no. about it, and, and, and I, I, that's what I'm saying. I read this, and I'm thinking, why has nobody said that's not right? Yeah. <laughs> what happens if James Harden was out there at the strip club after they win the title this year? And a stripper knocks it over. Are we mad at James? <laughs> Probably. Remember that that happened with the Astros uh, World Series trophy. It wasn't at a strip club, but it did. It did <laughs> I was get about damaged. To say, what strip yeah. club? <laughs> no, it, it was. It wasn't down the street. Uh, <laughs> one of our fine gentlemen establishments. Uh, I think it was at like some kind of gala or something like that. And it, um, I think one of the little flags got broken, but but they fixed it. So that stuff does happen. Usually, it's not because somebody's wielding the trophy as a bat. So he wins a Super Bowl, retires on him, and then, yeah. and then uh, defaces the trophy. the trophy. Yeah, dude, that's Gronk right there. That's that's what would you expect else? Other than, and and at the end of the day, if this is what the most trouble he's ever really caused for a guy that partied that much, yeah, he's got to have a, a crazy like PR team with him saying, "Man, no!" Like sitting outside, <laughs> there's no way that that he, he it's what what do we really have bad to say about Gronk in all these years? I mean, he's got a good group around him, obviously. I mean, as much as he parties and as much as it seems like his friends party, it, it sounds like they're able to kind of keep him under wraps. Like, they don't let him get too crazy. He's, he's got, he sounds like he's got a ton of fall guys. Like, yeah. we, never, we never hear about him getting in any trouble, but we always see videos of him just going buck wild. It's great. Like, he's... 
you can't touch him. Nobody cares. He can get, you know, hammered and be chugging beers and, you know, all those videos with porn stars in his jersey from years ago. And, like, nothing sticks to Gronk. He can do whatever he He's wants. He's like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He just, is. Just, just drinking beers like that and just partying. Just it's wild, right? Yeah. And then it never affected his on-field no, and he's been really smart with his money from what I've read. He pretty much took – he's only living off endorsement money. Yep. Yeah, all his contract stuff. Smart kids stashed it in the bank. Again, all that partying and stuff you're telling me or yep. all, the, all the – I remember I watched that uh, documentary they had way back, uh, Broke or whatever, on ESPN. Yeah. And they talk about whenever you become a pro athlete, how just random people start coming out of the woodwork. Of course. Offering – you know, let's start a company on this, or I have the next big. And you saw what happened with uh, the big baller brand. They got involved with the wrong guy, and look what happened now. It fell apart. So you always have snakes. The snakes come out oh, when yeah. there's money, and especially when you get that kind of money. I saw one where uh, I forget who it was. They said that a guy came out, and basically uh, it was after the hurricane in uh, in New Orleans. And he said basically it was an idea where you can put all your uh, all your furniture or all your belongings in a big bag it would basically blow it up so whenever it started flooding all your furniture would be floating <laughs> whenever it started uh flooding yeah. it would start floating in this and and supposedly he put money into it and it's like what were you thinking you had nothing else and the entourages you have to pay for also yeah that cost a lot of money it, it, no doubt about it it's you know i was listening to the joe rogan podcast the other day and he was even talking about one of his buddies not just kind of a, a hanger on like one of his buddies just wouldn't leave him alone you know just like hey man you know it's not not risk for you you just have to put down this money you don't have to do anything it's a guaranteed winner and he said the guy just wouldn't leave him alone he finally just had to hang up on him like you can't even like have a conversation with your friend anymore when you're rich and people just always want something from you yeah and a lot of times we see those those inner circles a lot of times unfortunately it's kind of like family members trying to get a piece but it's kind of like the you know Gronkowski's and like to watch like it's there's multiple brothers in the NFL so like what you might think of you know the the biggest you know quote cockroaches yeah. they're making their own money too I mean so it's it's kind of different with with some situations where we see you know families growing up in like a poor situation so of course people are going to come at them with money and they're going to want to give it back but when you're Gronkowski and your family's done relatively well already and your brothers are in the NFL, it's a lot easier to kind of hold on to that money. You don't have to give so much out when the family kind of already has some. No, that's a really good point. Um, real quickly, before we hit break, I, I did want to hit this. Did y'all see where the Raiders sent all their scouts home? That they don't really, they don't really trust anybody necessarily. So Gruden and Mayock sent everybody home. I honestly, I could not. Part of me thought that was fake. Part of me thought that was just clickbait because I was just like, this sounds like something Gruden would do, but at the same time, it, this makes no sense. Like, I saw a thing with his daughter, and she said, hey, uh, scouties, is what she called him, don't freak out. He doesn't trust anyone. Supposedly, they were eating dinner, and he had his draft stuff with him, and he went up to get, uh, he got up to use the restroom, and... He for, he realized while he was in that restroom that he had left it. He ran back. She said, "My father ran back and grabbed it so no one could see it. Not even with his daughter at the table." I don't think that's a very good look <laughs> at all, man. Like to publicly, basically say you don't trust anybody in the organization. Like. Way to go. Here's another Raiders move. I, I love Gruden being the coach. I mean, how many little stories has he given us for content since we've been doing this show? But I, I thought this was pretty interesting. Apparently... This has happened before. Uh, Gil Brandt, he was a long-term or, or long-time uh, Cowboy scout, and he put out a tweet the other day, 
And apparently they don't trust everybody in the room. Here's what he said. He goes, we never cleared the room like the Raiders did, but sometimes we'd lay traps for scouts that we didn't trust. In 1987, we showed our board to a scout, and it had us taking Mike Junkin, a linebacker that we didn't like. Two days later, Cowboys beat writer Jim Dent wrote a story saying we were taking Junkin. Hook, line, and sinker. So... You know, sometimes they set these scouts up and, and tell them, like, hey, this is the guy we like and we're going to take this guy. And then they wait to see if one of, if a beat reporter has that story. And then if they do, they know you are the leak, you are the mole, and then you're out of there. Like, that's pretty. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. You have to watch your back in all this. And it, it just sucks that if, if they're part of your team yeah. and, and they're supposed to be trusted, but again, they better have something up their sleeves. It, but what more of an Oakland Raider or yeah. Las Vegas Raider coming? Yeah. You know, like this is what they're going to be with. It, it's crazy that you're hearing so much things off the field rather than to what they got. They got Antonio Brown over there now. They got something else on their hands they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, and they have so many early picks. So you, you get why they're trying to be protective and not let people know who they want to take because they have so many picks. Early pick, protective. Yeah. Let me get out of here with talking about Bosa, and he's been really, really outspoken as far as his political views on Twitter, and now he's saying basically he's going to not do that anymore because a lot of people are saying because they think that he's going to end up in San Francisco, yeah. and it's going to sway him either which way. Him and, and uh, Jamel Hill have been going at it, though. and <laughs> Of course they have. Yeah, so she uh, <laughs> wrote this week, Nick Bosa's weak. If you truly believe in what you stand for, you have no problem defending it. Bosa wasn't just worried about how a city would receive him. He was worried about how to explain himself in the locker room. He wasn't ready for that smoke. So she's taking her advantage of this, saying you weren't you weren't really about that. You were talking, and now you're now you know you're going to NFL with some grown man, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just bad though because we saw this with Josh Allen last year, remember? And they tried to start digging up tweets from when he was yeah. a kid, and and it's yeah, he should have never said those kind of things, but he was also a kid, and I was talking to my friend the other day, and it's it's like. Man, I'm glad we didn't have social media when I was coming up. Oh, yeah. The Larry Mc- what you mean? We had MySpace. <laughs> that was a little bit. I, I, I'm so old that it was. I, I caught MySpace towards the end of it. AIM Messenger? <laughs> we had the old. Uh, yeah, we had. Uh, we had. Uh, I would get the 15 free hours from AOL. Yeah. That's the. That's what I grew up on. You get 15 hours to chat on there. Oh, some telegrams. Age, sex, location. <laughs> yeah. and, and then you're like, okay, here's a chick from Houston. And that was it. But no, for real. It just it, we would be in big trouble. Just think about that. Having your phone out for everything you did in high school. Oh yeah, and the, remember the Laramie Tunzel thing uh, with the, the <laughs> Dolphins draft where he had the big gas mask bong thing on, and it, I think it was like his his mom's Family. boyfriend or something was mad at him. They released it the day of the draft. He was like he might have gone top five, but he tumbled. Man, I remember just watching him fall and fall down the draft board, and I was thinking like. Man, I'd love for him to fall to the Texans. I don't care about him partying in college. Like, we need a tackle. It's it. it just be prepared because something's coming out there. There's always a, a grimy snake trying to trying to put you on blast for something that you probably uh, a moment you shared with them that that they didn't think that you would. But that's what also again going back to Gronk and all those positions, all those times he's been out there drunk in a in a, in a imagine yourself right now. In a group full of chicks at a pool, and you're just acting wild, and, and there's cameras. Out, his his people around him have yeah. got to be yeah. top notch. But that's his brand, right? His brand is partying. Like he found a loophole. He's frat. Yeah, his brand is frat. He, he is. is frat boy. Yeah, he's perfect for the bar stool and all that kind of stuff. Like he he found a loophole, and hey, give him credit, man. 
Give us credit for being here on a Sunday, on an Easter Sunday morning, trying to put some bread in your pockets. We haven't done that thus yet. Picks coming in the second hour. The giveaway, when we said this segment, we'll give it away next segment, give you a little bit more times to call. Next segment, 10th caller. 10th caller, we'll give out the tickets to. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975.